We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I ventured in the slipstream This episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by RickRunGood.com. Hey, guess what? We are running our only promotion of the year. So now is the perfect time to sign up. You can use coupon code Andy and get 22% off your membership. It's either 22 or 19, whatever Adam Svensson won the RSM Classic with. But we only do this once a year. So take advantage of it now. You can join an awesome community Get all my written work. Uh, written work is not stopping over uh, over the coming months in December. By the way, I'm going to be writing all types of articles on you know everything from what I learned this year, deep dives into certain players, a lot of uh, season long fantasy golf content because we are rolling that out in the new year. Uh, super excited about that. I actually have an article coming out this week outlining. Pretty much why we think this is a really good idea, why we think this is an important step in the fantasy golf ecosystem, and pretty much everything you need to know about this new product that we are launching on rickrungood.com in the new year. So there's already been a ton of interest in that already. We appreciate the interest. We appreciate the excitement, and it's something we're really pumped about too. So sign up today to receive more info on that. And we'd love to have you as part of the team. All right. Coming up on this podcast, it's a special one. We've got me, Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, Joseph LaMagna, the first annual major draft, one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. So without further ado, let's bring on the guys. All right. Welcome to the first annual major draft. I am joined today by co-host of the First Cut Podcast, founder of RickRunGood.com. Rick Gaiman is here. Hey, buddy. Andy, hello. Uh, this is strange. I usually do the hosting when we get together. I'm I'm very excited to just be on the other side of the table and just be able to make my picks and you have to do all the hard work and everything. <laughs> well, I've certainly learned from the best. Joseph Lamagna is also here. Joseph was on the podcast a few months ago. People really loved that episode and a return appearance was heavily requested. So Joseph, it's great to have you back, man. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it should be quite fun. I think we've got a great 
this was I thought long and hard about the group, the the four man group that I wanted for this. I think this is going to be a slam dunk. I'm really excited for it. The fourth man of our little uh, drafting quadrant today, our team, is a first time guest, somebody who has been on my podcast bucket list since day one. He is also one of the hosts of the First Cup podcast, golf writer for CBS Sports, as well as author of one of my favorite books from last year as well, Normal Sport. Kyle Porter is here. Thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely, Andy. I was I was one of the ones that requested uh, Joseph to to be back. I love that podcast that you guys <laughs> did together, and this was a uh, this was an easy yes for for me to jump on. I, as Rick knows, I love uh, bets or wagers that don't play out for many years. I have like a <laughs> I have like a ten year bet with Mark Immelman that Justin Thomas will win twenty five times in the twenty twenties. So. <laughs> He'll owe me like a case of wine in 2030 if that happens. I don't know what a case of wine then is worth now, <laughs> uh, but uh, I I do love this stuff. So thank thanks for having me and uh, excited to to do this draft. Of course, man. Well, let's run through before we get to the draft. Let's run through everybody the concept for this. So essentially, I've had this idea for a while, and I think it's a fun concept to fill. You know, some of the off season weeks when golf really starts slowing down in November and December. We are recording this, by the way, on October 27th during the Butterfield Bermuda week. It's probably going to be out. You guys are probably going to be listening to this around like mid-November Thanksgiving week. Uh, But the four of us are going to do an eight-round snake draft of players for next year's majors. So we will each select a team of eight players and the team with the most money across the four major championships next year will win. So uh, their performance in next year's four major championships is all that counts. So before we start drafting, I thought we would do like a little, a very b- quick debriefing on uh, the four major championship venues for next season. And I want to run through some quick notes on these courses because I've actually had the opportunity to play two of them and i'm really really pumped to uh to see the best players in the world navigate what i believe to be you know two of america's greatest courses in my opinion so augusta i think everyone's pretty familiar with augusta national at this point the only thing i will add uh they did create a new tee box on 13 which will lengthen the hole by think about 20 yards uh but other than that this is probably you know, the most recognizable course is, in the world. Is this one of the two that you've played, Andy? No, this is not. Okay. Although, Kyle's got this one covered for us. If you want to okay. yeah. bring, gotta gonna, bring that up. I was going to say any Royal Liverpool, I guess that's our blind spot, huh? That's yeah, it is. Spot. Yeah. No Royal Liverpool. Um, all right, but on to Oak Hill. So this is, uh, a course that was designed by Donald Ross in 1901. Uh, it has hosted a bunch of majors over the years, ton of U.S. Opens, a bunch of PGA Championships as well. Most recently, Jason Duffner uh, won the 2013 PGA Championship at Oak Hill. That's the last time we've really seen this course. But it is, I will just say right now, it is going to look absolutely nothing like the course that we saw in 2013. Andrew Green came in and did a restoration. There is a new 
par five. Uh, there's a new fifth hole, uh, a new long par three. The six hole got changed, and now that's like a brutally long par four. They removed like 300 trees, a lot of flattening of the edges of the greens that have become rounded because of the sand buildup. It's, I mean, he did an incredible job. The restoration was extremely, extremely well received. They changed the greens from like bent, bent poa blend to bent grass. And they removed this like very unnatural looking pond on 15. That was a rather unfortunate Fazio creation. And it, it kind of just restored it a lot back to how Ross had originally intended. So a lot of changes with Oak Hill. I think the mistake that many people will make is maybe uh, comparing it to what we saw in 2013, where it was this leaderboard of really short and accurate guys. This, I mean, it's the, none of the, it's, it was a very claustrophobic property then. And they just like essentially took out all those trees. So we'll go around the horn real quick, starting with Rick. Any thoughts on? Any thoughts on Oak Hill? Will you gauge your excitement level on returning to Oak Hill? Yeah, it's exciting. I haven't done the deep dive yet, but Oak Hill is uh, obviously always pristine. I think it's going to be a great place to go back to when we get to, you know, who can actually win some of these things, right? Because that's what we're trying to find out when it comes to all that money that gets piled up at the top. I'm very interested to see how kind of the the next step of these younger guys can tackle Oak Hill, right? Is, is, Colin Morikawa going to be able to contend. He should probably be able to contend on every golf course on, on planet earth. Uh, does Victor Hovland take that step forward? Does, does Will Zalatoris begin to uh, carve out just this elite, elite major championship history? Those are the guys that I'm most excited about when we get to the, like the road, you know, the rotation courses, not Augusta national that we see every year. Like does their game travel to a lot of these different venues is kind of one of the sub subtexts for me for this season. Right. Joseph, any thoughts on Oak Hill? Man, I, I feel like I hate doing it. I have, from what I've seen so far, I'm, I'm a little turned off by Oak Hill. So I'm pretty interested in Ooh. getting your opinion on this. And uh, I think I'm open to changing my mind as we get closer to the event. But I, I think we're going to get a pretty narrow, thick, rough test that is not my favorite golf to see and to, to have these top guys tested. But uh, again, like I said, I'm open to having my mind changed about that. I'm just a little bit pessimistic about Oak Hill and pretty pumped about the other three. KP. Well, I already made the point to Rick that uh, a short hitter could win it because Jason Duffner and Jim Furyk were engaged in a, in the, in 2013. And you've already proven that wrong. So I don't know that I'm the guy to go to with, uh, for information on Oak Hill right now. I will say to Joseph's point, I made little normal sport to preview here. I made a joke. Ooh. So the, the European tour did a video of. You remember the video they did in I think it was like January of Terrell Hatton and Morikawa and Rory trying to hit a one yard wide fairway on a on a racetrack? Yes. <laughs> I joke that that's the that's the kind of fairway that Brandel wants in like a PGA or a US Open is like just playing that racetrack and trying to hit a one yard wide fairway. So maybe that's maybe that's a preview of what we get at uh, at Oak Hill or or LACC this summer. Well, Joseph is kind of right in the sense too that the way that they set up these courses and I'll use this to transition into talking about LACC too, but it's like, they have a very, very specific, especially the USGA, even way more so than the PGA of America. They have a very, very specific way of how they want these courses to play. They have tried, you know, going to 
Aaron Hills and Shinnecock in 2018 and 2009 and Chambers Bay and stuff like that and and say, okay, we're going to get away from the super pinched in fairways and thick rough. And uh, they kind of got spooked a little bit and we're like, okay, no, we're going, we're going back to what's worked. And so you've seen with the USGA the last two years, uh, with Tory Pines and the Country Club, they've gone back to that very familiar pinch in the fairways, thicker rough, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with LACC. That is another, in my opinion, one of like the great American. It's George Thomas's masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, it, <clears throat> excuse me, is the final golf course he ever designed. Uh, there was a big restoration as well in 2015 by Gil Hans, where he brought back a bunch of the Thomas bunkers and you kind of get more of that like rugged look instead of kind of the clean manicured, you know, Fazio, Robert Trent Jones type bunkers. And I'm going to be very curious to see how they set up this course. Uh, there's already been some rumblings that they are starting to kind of pinch the fairways and let the rough grow out, but truly, truly, one of the coolest golf courses I've ever played. And I'm super, super curious to see how it looks this year. Rick, any thoughts on LACC? This is not a course that we have been able to really formulate much of a relationship to because for many, many years, they had zero interest. Uh, the membership had zero interest in tournaments coming. So the only, you know, the only real one that comes to mind off the top of my head is the 2017 Walker Cup. It is pretty low key, kind of screwed up how much they like. I don't want to say ruined courses, but like the property. Like, I remember when we were at Tory for the US Open and the entire North Course was just like a merchandise tent and they turned it into a driving range. Like, I would, yeah, if I was a member too, I'd probably be a little bit uh, hesitant on, on getting some major championships here. But I, I love a good West Coast US Open. You mentioned it. I think the USGA has kind of dialed it up correctly, right? I think what the last three winning scores have been six under, right? Each of the last yeah. three years. So I think, I think we're really getting dialed in to really solid, fair, but challenging setups for U.S. Opens. I cannot wait to get to LACC. Joseph? Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I was lucky enough to play there earlier this year. I, I think to, to kind of go back to what I was saying on um, Oak Hill, my, my issue is not strictly with thick rough, but it's thinking about almost by like how width of miss where penalties start to accrue. So for Oak Hill missing the fairway by just a couple of yards, I think on a lot of holes is going to be very similar to much wider misses. Actually, Southern Hills kind of played that way, the PGA this year. So I think that right. in that respect, it's a similar comp versus LACC. You have a lot, you have more width. And if you get off on some of those drives, you're going to run down into some bad areas. I mean, it is pretty wide, but I like seeing a golf course where a really wide miss is penalized heavily. Um, there'll be a big difference between hitting it relatively online and hitting it way off. So I'm pumped to see LACC. The green complexes are awesome. And then I guess on a slightly less golf course related take, it's pretty cool to see a tournament right in the middle of LA. There's going to be so Man. much content around that. I think it's going to be a really fun tournament and it's going to be a cool style of golf. Okay, yeah, LACC is probably the one that I'm most excited to potentially go to and, and cover on on site because of the LA thing. You could talk me into again, this is not a, a golf course take, but 
you could talk me into there needing to be at least one major on the West Coast every year. I guess that would have to be U.S. Open or PGA. Yeah. Just because it's so, I don't know. It's it's it it feels big time. It feels bigger. Even like that that U.S. Women's Open at Olympic. Uh, I guess it was last year, twenty twenty one. It felt like a bigger U.S. Women's Open just because of when it was, and you're watching when it's dark out. I don't know. There's just something about it. But LACC is. I mean, it looked sweet during that Walker Cup. I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, get to see it in person. And then finally, Royal Liverpool which uh, we have seen a few times. This is a course that has hosted the Open 12 times, most recently in 2014, won by Rory McIlroy. Prior to that, 2006, won by Tiger Woods. Uh, One thing that I found interesting about Royal Liverpool, so Rory won at 17 under in 2014 and Tiger won at 18 under in 2006. So, the past two times, it's been one of the easier courses on the open rota, and they appear to have addressed that this year. So they have made a couple changes. There is a brand new 139-yard par 3 17th hole that looks really cool. So they've added this new hole where it's going to be a short par 3 coming down the stretch. Uh, and then there are a bunch of new tee boxes 15 and 18th got a lot longer. The closing hole is now a 607 yard par five. Uh, you know, they made some changes to the four, seven, 13th. The scorecard hasn't really come out yet, but I expect this to play uh, a fair amount longer, at least than we have seen it in the past. Now, as we've learned longer, doesn't necessarily mean harder, but it seems like the RNA has made an active effort this year to at least attempt and try and protect scoring uh, somewhat more, which is, I think the RNA is always in the most difficult of positions for all of these majors, because this all comes down to win so much. Uh, And we've seen how, you know, without wind an open championship can be, you know, much easier test than I think many of the fans uh, would hope for. So Rick, any thoughts on Royal Liverpool, Rory and Tiger, our last two winners? <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed it where it's like, I try not to get too excited about an open championship until like the 10 day forecast comes out because right. I could just be foaming at the mouth for the next nine months or whatever it is thinking about this, this open. But when you start to see like, okay, how, how's it going to play? What's the weather situation? That's when I really start to get dialed in. But listen, yeah, you, you mentioned it. Any place that Tiger has either won at the last time we were there or won at recently. Plus by the time we get there, fingers crossed, you were a uh, champion from 2014, Rory McIlroy is at the top of his game. It just adds an entirely different level of, um, I don't know what, like it it just elevates the championship to a completely different level. If the guy who won it eight years ago might be able to go out and do it again. And who knows, maybe it's the first time he, he catches a major championship since. So it's like, uh, there's so much to love about this. I could probably go on for the next six hours, but I'll, I'll, I'll spare you guys here. Joseph. Yeah, I don't have as many strong thoughts on the on the golf course because I'll I'll probably do a lot of that research closer to the event. Um, I do think a theme of next year's majors is that there's going to be some room to operate off the tee at some yeah. of the courses, with the exception of Oak Hill. Um, so I think that will kind of manifest itself in in my draft picks probably. But the Open's my favorite major every year, 
Um, really excited for it. I'm hoping it's windy, but it's going to be fun no matter what. KP, just giving away strategy, Joseph. Before we, you guys are, you guys all have given away strategy. Today. <laughs> I, I I appreciate it, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard for me because this was the first. So this year, 2022 is the first time I've gone to the Open, and Scotland was so enthralling to me that it's hard to imagine leaving Scotland for an open and going, you know, back to England, which obviously Hoy Lake is, is great. It's hosted a ton of opens, but, you know, I think, I think the allure of Royal Liverpool is in the winners, right? Like, I think Rick said that it's Tiger and Rory and that's a, you know, before that, I think their last open was 1967. Yeah. There's this big gap. Like they went away from it for like 40 years. Yeah, and so you come back and you're like Tiger Rory. Well, that's it's pretty good, you know. So I think, I think that will be obviously a big talking point for the Open. But I think a lot of the allure for Hoy Lake will be that that past winners list. All right, that is uh, those are the four major championship venues. Shall we draft, gentlemen? Let's do it. Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. So, so I uh, we did the draft order. Uh, randomizer right before we went hot. Rick Gaiman has the first pick. I am picking number two. Then we are doing Kyle and Joseph, and it is a snake draft. So, Rick, you are officially on the clock, my friend. I was very excited when I got the number one pick, and then 15 seconds later, I was like, ah, do I want number one? I, I don't know. Maybe I want <laughs> like three don't. or four. Um, <laughs> you know, this. Th- I think there's conceivably three guys that you could make a pretty strong case for in the number Mm. one spot. I'm going to go with uh, the safest, hopefully option. And what I think is the most logical in Rory McIlroy, obviously sans the wins, he's done everything else. He's the only guy in the last four years who's played at least 10 major championships who has finished inside the top 10, 60% of the time. Um, He's a staple on the first page of the leaderboard. He's going to get obviously a couple of really good venues for him as if there are bad venues for Rory McIlroy. But I I just think that uh, it would be silly for me to choose anybody else, but Rory in this spot. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to overthink this one and zag. Rory, by the way, honorary member at Oak Hill. His wife is from Rochester. Uh, He actually spends a fair amount of time there, according to the member that I played with. So I, you know, that's a no brainer pick to me. I, you know, I, I sent you guys the major top 10 percentage stuff that I was going through, and I was just going through Rory. I mean, True strokes gain from the past year, he's at 2.57. He's been the best player over the past year by like over a quarter of a stroke. He's basically top tenning in 50% of his majors dating back like 14 years. Um, so you know, that's the pick. I can't argue with that. Couldn't one choose as well. anybody else, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about who even the the uh so it's it's to me the the three that you mentioned, Rory Rom, and then was your third one Victor Wim Wimbanamya? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you they're gonna I stream? Can't, I, I can't even stream. say his name. I butchered that. It's Wembanyama. I think you got it right. Wembanyama, yeah. okay. Wembanyama, yeah. Yeah. We're going to stream his French league games, but we can't get every shot or, or half the shots oh, of golf coverage. We can't, Sorry, we can't, I, I won't we can't go down this fast. All right. Yeah, I, I was actually curious, too, why you said three, Rick, because 
for me, I think three is the worst pick. I think that there, for me, I think three is where it gets really hard. Well, I won't spoil it. When we get past three, I'll let you know who the three are. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm picking John Rahm, um, the best driver of the ball in the world. He has played in 25 majors. He's at like a 36% top 10 rate. Uh, he had like a historically great uh, driving season last year. And the only thing he really had to show for it was a win at the Mexico Open because it was a really bad short game year for him. And like, honestly, compared to his baseline, not a great iron year for him. I think he bounces back in a big way this year. I think he's going to win the Masters. I think this is going, I think it is the safest pick on the board to me because I know that he will at least be there in one, if not multiple. So I am taking John Rahm with the number two overall pick. I think I heard Joseph say that Cam Cam Young was actually the best driver of the golf ball in the world. It's it's Rahm or it's Rahm or Cam Young. They're both right there. So <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean Cam Young, I would say is. I mean, would you put Cam Young over Rory, Joseph? I would. Huh. Interesting. Joseph Interesting. hates that hates that draw off the tee. <laughs> Cam Young hits it appreciably straighter than Rory does. So um, that is true. All right, KP, you're on the board. Yeah, three sucks. It does. You're you're right. It's it's. Uh, I wanted either. I think I wanted four. Um, because I've got I've got a I've got a bunch of problems at three. We can but switch. I think three is tough too, man. I really do. I uh, <clears throat> I I don't feel great about this, but because he's been weird at majors, uh, he's been good, really good at some of them, but really bad at others strangely like hasn't had a lot of success at the open uh i'm gonna go with justin thomas and he i don't know he's been good at augusta he's improved year over year every year until i think last year uh he he kind of dropped back off a little bit had a i think it was a t4 in 2020 the covid year and i i like him at the other two venues the open he should thrive at the open i know it's kind of weird it is weird. It's like the, it's like Patrick Cantlay's major career. You're like, I, I don't, I don't understand this at all. So I'm going to go JT with very, very, with, with like all the caveats, just no confidence at all. Joseph, you're on the clock. You have back to back. So I actually, Kyle, I love that pick. If I had up to the second pick, I was going to take Justin Thomas at two. So really? um, wow. I'm extremely high on Justin Thomas and, how his iron game will translate next year. I was going to take him above Rom. So uh, I like the pick. Was that your third one, Rick? No, we haven't picked my third one. Yet. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so I guess with four and five, I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. Um, Damn it. I'm a huge Shoffley guy. He's, he's playing so well, so solidly. I like his chances every time he tees it up in a major. I'm also going to take Scheffler. Um, that that I don't think there's too many, uh, too much context uh, to, to add around that. Didn't have hasn't played great the last couple months, but Scotty Scheffler was an absolute force throughout the year, and uh, it's a no brainer for me to to grab him with the with the fifth pick. So I'm taking Shoffley and Scheffler. You have the hardest team to to pronounce and keep straight, but Scheffler was my third guy, right? I mean, he was yeah. he was like tangibly pretty bad for the last half of the year, and he was still piling up a lot of great results. And it's just the putter. And if he fixes the putter, it's like full steam ahead. Scotty might know, win 
three I didn't, more times. I was studying him the other day. I didn't realize how much I had kind of been saying all year, like his, his ball striking has is like kind of the same as it was in 2021, but his iron play in 2022 was so good. Was yeah. like well, like Morikawa level. It was so better so than Morikawa. Yeah. Well, like Morikawa's baseline, and right. uh, and so yeah, he he was phenomenal. And I think people are sort of discounting him because of that short game drop off. But I mean that that can come back pretty pretty quickly. He's uh, Scheffler's played in thirteen majors. He's already got multiple top twenty fives in every single major. He was also, by the way, played on that 2017 U.S. Walker Cup team at LACC. I think he went one and one, but he's uh, he's at least seen the course before. Back to you, Kyle. God, dropping Walker Cup records on us right here. <laughs> this, this is tough to this is tough to compete against. Well, uh, um, I should. Probably take either uh, Will Zalatoris or uh, Colin Morikawa, but to protect my own personal brand, I'm going to take my boy Jordan Speed. Wow! Yeah. Wow. What I my favorite thing about Kyle is he is he's committed to the bit. Right. No matter whatever it's, it's the bit not is, bit. he's committed to it. No, I'm I mean, this isn't like that egregious. I don't think I would have gone there yet, but like I just love that you were willing to do it. Well, uh, yes, I got Spieth and J- JT and Spieth as a team are yeah, have proven to be pretty good. That's so true. hopefully, hopefully they'll be good for my team. His his major results were not great this year, right? No. Uh he finished T8 at the open, nothing else was even top 30. Missed the cut at the Masters last year. He probably could have won at least one major. He putted horribly at like three of them. So I'm banking on what Joseph talked about earlier that, you know, these are pretty wide open golf courses at which somebody that is can get all over the place off the tee can thrive. And it, it's just, he's just, he's got to figure out the putter. He, it was below average last year. It was not very good. It hasn't been good so far this year. I guess he's only played one event this season, but you know, we're a long way from the masters. So I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be feeling better about it. Texas open week. I'll, I'll go, I'll go speed and JT, my first two picks. I have a question for you guys. So over the past year, there's only been three players that are top 30 across the board in true strokes gain for all four major stat categories. So top 30 in the world over the past year, putting around the green, off the tee and approach. There's only three guys. Can you, do you guys have any guesses on who the three are? Top 30 in the world. Top 30 in the world in true strokes gained over the past calendar, over the past year, 12 months. Safe bet feels like Xander is one of them. Xander is one of them. Rory can't lay, can't lay in Rory. That's it. Yeah. It's those three. And I, I use that to say that I'm going to take can't lay. I just think he's too good to not figure out the major thing. There's really nothing about his game that, you know, that says he shouldn't be good in major championships. I know he's an excellent putter. So sometimes that lends itself to, you know, courses with a high green and regulation percentage where you just got to make a million putts and shoot 25 under. 
but he is so well-rounded across the board. Um, and I just think that, and that's why I liked Joseph's pick of Xander so much. I just think that he doesn't really have any holes in his game. And it is so the skill set that he has is so translatable to majors. And, you know, I think it's probably like swung a little bit too far. Like he hasn't been, you know, he finished 14th at the U S open and eighth at St. Andrews last year. So I think the breadcrumbs are there for him to have a big major season and figure this out. So I'm going to rock with Cantlay. Okay. So I was prepared. I get two picks here, right? Yeah, you get two. Okay. I was prepared to, I believe, reach for our first live guy. Interesting. But I've been left in a, in a situation where I think I have to take these two. 21 okay. combined major starts, five podiums, two wins. I don't care what order we put them in, but Colin Morikawa and Will Zalatoris, I think, are the two I have yeah. to take here. Right? Yeah. They've been, they've been special. Zalatoris gained two and a half strokes to the field in nine majors in the last four years. It's the best of anybody. So yeah, I'll, I'll roll with, with Willie Z and Colin here. Colin Markawa three and now at the 2017 Walker cup at, uh, LA at guy or West coast guy at least. Yeah. Okay. This is where it gets interesting. I'm going to take Dustin Johnson. Wow. Yeah. He finished eighth at the 2013 PGA championship at Oak Hill. He finished 12th at Royal Liverpool in 2014. You know, he's still been in true strokes game, the 12th best player in the world over the past year. And I don't think he's cooked. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. I think he is for my money, probably the third most talented, you know, after Rory and Tiger, I think he is like the third most gifted golfer in the modern era. I guess after Phil too, but he finished 12th at the masters last year and 24th at the U S open and six at the open championship. And I don't think he's cooked. I think that he is, you know, it's interesting if you asked, if you probably asked me what's the, and I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on it. Like if I, if I said Dustin Johnson finishes his career with two majors, that feels really low to me. I feel like I would have put the over under at like 3.5. So I think he's going to be there in at least one or two for, for him. I really like the way that he sets up for a course like Oak Hill. I'm going with DJ guys. So I think what's interesting is, and and this is kind of the argument either for or against Cam Smith as well, is I wish we knew what the live schedule was. Right. So like as we're doing this, we have no idea what the live schedule is going to be. And I think one of the things we've talked about is, are these guys going to be able to play enough? Are they going to be able to play competitively enough to keep their games sharp? Lives golf season was only eight events this time around. I think they're going to 14 for next year. I'd like to see how that is scheduled leading into major championships, but we're kind of guessing right now. Does anybody think that any of those guys will not be allowed to play in the majors? No, no, no. I don't think so. Especially not the champions. Yeah, I, I don't I don't either. I was just wondering if that influenced anybody's picks. I will say I, I am very anti narratives. I am penalizing live guys and like how I'm thinking about this from a rust and, and a preparation perspective. I, good I, to know. Regardless of how people feel about live, I do think watching those events, the intensity doesn't really feel to be there. Right. 
I, I actually do think it's a legitimate story going into next year that some of these live guys aren't going to be as polished. And it's something that I, I think is a risk point when you're picking some of these names compared to other guys. Maybe they'll prove me wrong and win a major, um, but I definitely think there's something to that. Well, I think the other risk point with DJ is, you know, I think it's interesting. I think, uh, I think probably like 50% of the live guys, probably a lot more of the younger guys, like genuinely got duped a little bit by Norman. And now how this is playing out with the official world golf rankings and all that stuff are like genuine, genuinely surprised and did not expect to be in this position. I think DJ knew exactly what he was signing up for. And I think that he, <laughs> which is hilarious, <laughs> right? And, and I think my biggest concern with him is I think he probably knows that there was a possibility that he wouldn't be able to play in some of these tournaments. And he made that decision anyway. And so that is like the non quantifiable. Does this guy care narrative that I think gets overrated a lot of time, but I think is probably the biggest concern that I have. Yeah. But I think you could argue that it doesn't, he's the, he's the guy that it doesn't matter if he does care. Right. He, right. he showed, he showed up at Tory this year. I went back and found this quote. He said something like, I haven't been playing as much as you guys probably think I have. And, and I read it and I was like, I, I think you've been playing exactly how much I, I, I imagine you've been playing, right. which is not at all. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I the the cam thing is interesting. It's I think it's is it my pick? Andy? It's your pick, yeah. I I don't I I struggle with cam but not necessarily because of the live thing, although that's part of it. Cam seems like the type of guy that he just I mean, he had this career year. He wins the players tournament of champions, the open uh, made a billion dollars, whatever he he ended up getting from live and it he he's not the type of generational player where that's sustainable. And so could he do, could he have two years in a row like that? Yeah, he could. Is he going to, I just, that's hard to envision again, not because of lib, but just because of some regression year over year. Now, statistically, I don't know what I'm the argument that I'm making holds, but just from watching sports, that's how I envision it. So I'm actually going to go with another guy who had a really good year. And this is not somebody that I would have taken this early, even as even this time last year, which is which is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's got a, he actually has to be close to that top thirty in the world in all four statistical categories. He's um, he's very close. Yeah, he's very close. I can actually double check on that. What he's just outside of. Um, he was the guy that that changed my mind the most about who he is as a player in 2022. Just from, I, I came into 2022 thinking like, man, this guy just doesn't have the 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 pop, the speed to contend at a big time championship golf tournament. And he had had a top ten at the Masters, and he had won a USA. I, you know, I, I know all, all those numbers, but. He just, he was, he transformed himself this year. And I think that he is the type of guy that doesn't necessarily care as much about results. Like he's just going to keep his head down and keep doing what he's doing, which I think is more translatable year over year when you're looking at, at, at major results. Yeah, he is, by the way, he's basically top 10 in off the tee around the green and putting 
the irons have are probably statistically like the weakest point of his game, but they've still been pretty good. Are you guys concerned at all about like, I think I had Scheffler JT and Fitzpatrick a little bit lower on my board just because I think it's really hard to win majors in back-to-back years. I think like that is, that is the one reason where I was like, man, are these guys going to win back-to-back years? Well, I don't need them to win. I just need them to finish second four times. <laughs> That's a good point. You just need them to pile up, pile yeah. up cash. Yeah. I actually don't even know if there is any statistical evidence to that. I didn't dig into that about how often we see like non-Tiger division players win majors in consecutive years. But anyway. To be honest, I'm, I'm at like the other end of the extreme. I don't, I don't really care at all about like <laughs> even major championship track records like i honestly don't don't care if there's not a reason that a player's game doesn't translate well to the majors then that's that would be something that i would want to penalize but right because somebody hasn't done well in majors uh, patrick cantley is a great use case like very high on his future major results even though he hasn't necessarily had the major career he'd like to have so i'm just at the other end of the spectrum there I so love that. Basically, what Joseph what Joseph is saying, Rick, is that all those texts you guys sent today were stupid. <laughs> like, <you> guys... <laughs> I was no. just I was just throwing you off the scent, is what I was doing. <laughs> all right, Joseph, two picks in a row, my friend. It's gonna be. It's. I guarantee it's two guys who have no major championship track history. He was just he was just setting himself up for that. It's gonna well, take, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle's killing me because he took JT and Fitzpatrick, like t- two guys that I'm so high. I think Fitzpatrick, I wish his iron play was a little bit better, but uh, yeah. I think what he could do next year on tour, he could easily be fifth, sixth in the official world golf rankings in a year. Um, Cam Smith was the by far the hardest name for me to, to value here because I do think the live effect is strongest with Cam Smith and like what he's signaling by going. If you told me that a year from now his game falls off a lot like because of motivational factors, I would believe it. So I'm still going to take him uh, and hope mm. that he keeps his game up to snuff. You can't – that short game is absolutely incredible. He's an amazing iron player. He put on some length. I think that's going to be very strong at Augusta and at LACC in particular. Uh, Cam Smith's always done well at Augusta, not surprisingly. So I'm high on him. I just hope he keeps his game sharp. And then um, I'll go with the uh, kind of the less of a major track record here. I'll take Tony Finau. He's been, wow. I mean, I wanted it. Tony Finau at the end of this year, (laughs) you're talking about somebody who was playing at a level that like pretty much nobody else was playing at. So uh, besides Rory. So I'm, I'm very high on Finau. I don't care too much about some of the narratives around what he does down the stretch and those things all go away as soon as somebody wins. So I'll take uh, cam Smith and Tony Finau. Finau. Not that it is part of your calculation. He's been awesome in majors, like re- truly like six to six cuts made at the, never missed a cut. The masters never missed a cut at the open a couple of top tens at the U S open too. Yeah. He's been rock solid. You're up Kyle. I was going to take Finau and now I'm scrambling. <laughs> I, th- this is where it gets a little difficult because you've got you got some big names out there, but you've big also names, got guys. Yeah. You got big names. You got guys that played well in 2022 that I'm that I f- still feel a little bit unsure about. Of like, 
okay, I, I'm not totally sure who this guy is or, or what he's going to be. Man, is this going to be a Minnesota Vikings situation where I take too long and lose my pick here? That's <laughs> you have you have time, buddy. You're actually the one with the with the out. You can you can take as much time as you need. Yeah, you're good. You have eight seconds. Yeah, no, you cannot <laughs> take as much time as you need. <laughs> you're good. You, you, take, you could take Bryce is still available. I completely forgot about him. He, he has anybody ever gone from being like this epicenter of the sport to not even thought about in he was he 18 was the, months. He was, oh, the, he was the through line of <laughs> true. He was the through line of normal sport. Yeah. He was just right. everywhere. Yeah. His fingerprints were on every tournament, every situation. He was changing how Rory played golf. Right. And now he's like not even talked about. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with sorry my kids are hollering i'm gonna go with oh gosh i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with my boy actually rick's boy mm. victor hovland that was gonna be my pick i yeah. i don't i don't love i i he's a little can't layish for me on a lesser scale of like he hasn't put i mean he t4 at the open this year but he hadn't played that great at the majors but his game i mean you can make an argument that he's the best ball striker in the world right yeah. him rory rom if you just look at off the tee and iron play so I, that, that usually translates pretty well to major championships i'm, I'm going to take hovland we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That was who I was going to take. <laughs> Um, I hate that for you. <laughs> I'm going to take Cam Young. He almost won two majors this past year. Uh, <laughs> he was in the mix on the back nine at Southern Hills and in the mix on the back nine at St. Andrews. As Joseph has already mentioned, he's like 1B in terms of the best driver of the golf ball in the world. I see no reason to believe that based on my understanding of Oak Hill and LACC that he will not love those courses. He has played Augusta once uh, and he kind of got the debutante thing out of the mix. So he, or, so he's, he's seen it and I think, I think he's going to have a huge year next year. So I think this is the right spot for Cam Young. I'm going it, for, I, I had a really tough time between Cam Young and Burns. Uh, and I'm going to go with Cam Young here, but you are up, Rick. 
Yeah, I'm, I think Burns is going to ask me one of mine here. So I, there is one guy I'm hoping that you guys have like forgotten, and I'm going to just try to catch the next time around. Yeah, don't is say it Bryson. It's, yeah, it's, I'm going to wait on. I'm going to wait on Bryson. Uh, Charles Howell the third. I think I have to take Burns here. Uh, Joseph's remarks about not caring what they've done at major championships helps this case a little bit because Burns hasn't been particularly great at majors, but I think kind of in the modern tour game, it, it translates to a lot of places. I think he's incredibly talented, talented. So I'll take Sam Burns as one. And then I'll take Max Homa who gets um, a West gets a West coast U S open. He's now been in the fire, right? He's played at the open championship with tiger. He gets all that out. He gets better every single year. He's turning into a great ball striker. He's fixed the short game. Max Homa is who I'll take. So we're on, we're on round five, right? That we, yeah. we each have four picks left now. That yeah, was just my first five. pick of round five. So I have okay. three picks left. You have four. Okay. Right. So we'll do a we'll do a little recap just so everyone knows where they stand. Rick's team is Rory, Morikawa, Zalatoris, Sam Burns, Max Homa. So that's I have, pretty good. That's a pretty good squad. <laughs> I've got Rom, Cantley, DJ, Cam Young. Uh Kyle has JT, Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick. And Victor Hovland. Joseph has Xander, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Tony Finau. That's pretty dangerous, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take Sung JM. Wow. Yeah. He's by strokes gained 13th best player in the world over the past year. Uh, he, uh, fourth best driver of the ball in the world over the past year. I mean, he really is an excellent driver of the ball and he kind of, I mean, he's not short by any means. He's got certainly above average distance, but he is an incredibly accurate driver of the ball. And again, it's the sort of thing with Cantlay and Xander where he's just very well-rounded across the board. I don't really see any reason to believe why he shouldn't have a career where he could possibly win, you know, multiple majors. And he, he's already been really good at Augusta. So I like that he has kind of that a nice track record there. Uh two top eight finishes in his last three masters. So I'm gonna take Sung Jay here. Okay. I am I'm gonna take somebody who's been just really like I know what I'm getting. I say that he'll probably get hurt or something, but uh <laughs> just super consistent over the last 10 years at majors at non-major like he's just he just is who he is and i'm gonna go with hideki matsuyama yeah sorry joseph you're killing me <laughs> <laughs> he uh you know he, he he's not i don't he's not a five-time major winner but he just finishes in the top 15 top 20 at every major you know he's just he just uh, he is, you know, he, 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 he brings the same set of skills to every mate, to every tournament. And, uh, they're good enough for him to, to be one of the top 20 guys pretty often. 19th at Oak Hill in 2013, 39th at Royal Liverpool in 2014. So he's seen him. He's one of the guys that have seen him. Joseph, you've got two. Yep. Um, I guess just on Hideki. I think if you were to rank players based on like buy low candidates, he was injured a lot of this year. He still played okay. And when he's on, he wins. Like such a good iron player. I, I love that pick, Kyle. So uh yeah, happy for you. Especially <laughs> with with JT and Speed. I thought 
I thought we were going to get Ricky or Smiley here and just get your <laughs> banana boat, get the whole thing. I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm going to be going pretty hard with live guys. Uh, this is just Take how it's fallen, but Brooks. I'm taking Neiman first. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, wow. okay. Neiman's been, Neiman has been so good this year. Like if you just look at his results, it, it's top finish after top finish. So consistent. His game is so strong that, Again, I wish you I had a little more clarity around what he was going to be doing next spring, but I think I think Neiman is, yeah, that that's a, a strong pick for me, man. I <laughs> Brooks is next on my list, but I think I'm going to skip him. <laughs> I, this, I'm taking too much risk on on I'm too uh, correlated with Liv here. <laughs> Let's go. I'll just go with a little bit of a flyer for, for some fun. And I actually am pretty high on his game. I'm going to take Cameron Davis. Wow. wow. I'm, I'm going to let, let's take a flyer. Cameron Davis kind of sprays it off the tee, but he's, he's got some, he's a very good ball striker, a lot of power. And if he's going to ascend, like this would kind of be when he does it. I think he's 27 years old. I yeah. think he could play courses like Augusta and LACC really well i'm i'm betting on a, a big jump here between the fall and, and next year so i'll take cameron davis i'm pretty high on him wow is i'm not gonna in, lie he, is he, he in the masters could be he's <laughs> i mean he'll, he'll have his qualification chances anyway but he is currently ranked i'm looking right now he's 65 Six. so he's got some time okay okay yeah he was low on my and all those was, all those yeah. live guys are gonna pass him as well. Or he's gonna pass all the live guys. Oh, good point. So he's got he's got some time to, to qualify. Yeah. Uh okay. I'm back up round six. Uh I was worried that Joseph was gonna take this guy. Uh it's not Brooks. I, <laughs> I want to take Brooks, but I think he's done at majors. I, I I really do. I'm being influenced in my head by the fact that he won a 48 man event at Jetta two weeks ago over Peter Uline, and I refuse to give in to that influence. So I'm going to go instead. I'm, I'm team team Thomas. I'm going uh, Thomas Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. Good, Good pet. Yeah. He, uh, he bounced back in 2022. Didn't have a very good 2021, but two, I think two top fives at majors in 2022 is T4 at the open. Yeah. T5 at Southern Hills, T14 at the masters and then missed the cut at the U S open. So I, uh, I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to have that Tommy Fleetwood is going to win four points at the Ryder cup type year, uh, in 2023. I guarantee Andy will pick. I, I wrote it on the back of this piece of paper. I guarantee I know who he's going to pick. because it's the guy <laughs> I want. And I guarantee he takes it right out. You think I yeah. may surprise you to be honest with you. I'm like Joseph. I actually on my board, the best player that I have available is Brooks and I have cold feet. I mean, I think that I'm incurring enough risk with DJ. So I'm not going to take Brooks. I, this may surprise you, Rick. I don't know if this is the guy that you thought I was going to take. I'm going to take Shane Lowry. Is it? Oh, come on. Focus for me. I can't it says, see it. It says Lowry. It yeah. can say anything. Can you see it? <laughs> it, it, it? I can see it. It could say, yeah. say Rick Gaiman for all we know. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, ninth at Royal Liverpool in 2014. He's been by strokes gained the 11th best player in the world over the past year, seventh best iron player in the world over the past year, third at the map, like a very quiet 
third at the Masters last year. He's got at least two top 25s in all four majors. I think he has the type of game that can translate, obviously, to open championships, but I think he's the type of guy that could win a Masters and could win a U.S. Open. I think this is a good. I think this is good value on Lowry here. I'm very content with that pick. So I'm going with Lowry, which brings us to back-to-back picks for Rick. Yeah. So I was going to take Lowry there. So good on you for sniping that one. I hope I don't go off the rails. Choo choo, with Tom Kim. Just in case he is the second coming. Tiger Just in Woods. case. Just in case he wins ten percent of his events and piles up two major championships. I'll take Tom Kim at the end of the sixth. And then to start the seventh, I'm fully into kind of just like buying guys that I like and hopefully can project out. And I think it's, I think it's Aaron wise here. Okay. And I know Kyle will be interested. Kyle likes that. I, I, I like think that. Aaron wise might make the Ryder cup team. Yeah. Yeah. God, um, the Shane Lowry pick was really good. I'm annoyed by that. I mean, great pick, Andy, but I'm still annoyed. Yeah. So I, I think at some, I, I think that Brooks should be drafted in this. I mean, we are still taught. I don't know if I'm vamping here because I'm having such a <laughs> difficult time figuring out what I'm going to do. But <laughs> this is a guy that has finished in the top 10 of like 50% of the 35 majors that he's played in. He's got like a 50% of the PGA championships that he's played in. He's finished top five. He's got a 50% top 10 rate at the open championship. I know this is like nails on a chalkboard to Joseph, but I, I think that at some point you just have to say like, all right, there's, there's enough there in the seven. It, basically I'm at the point where it's like, if I'm not taking Brooks, I'm thinking, Adam Scott, Tyrrell Hatton, Daniel Berger, Billy Horschel, right? And I, I think I'll get an opportunity to take one of those guys with my final pick. So I'm going to take Brooks. <sighs> I was going to take him. What? You literally just said he was done. Was I know, but, like, I, but we're in the seventh round or whatever we're in round the seventh we're in. Round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he is done, but he, I, I think he could still rack up some top tens at majors. I don't think right. he's ever going to win a major again. It is kind of interesting. The way it's set up is like if Brooks finishes fourth at one major and misses the cut at the other three, that's probably better than like what Russell Henley's good. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> easy on Russell money, Henley. Yeah. Sorry. Drive by on Russell Henley. You know what I mean? Like you, if you can get one decent start. Uh, or high high upside start from one of these guys. It might be worth it. It's only four majors. Joseph, where do you net out on Brooks? I mean, he, he's an incredible iron player. So if you he turns things around a little bit, like he's he's one of the best picks we've had. Like I I, I totally it's a bet on upside. So yeah, I, I like the pick. Brooks is really really good when he's on, but he's his driver has been all over the place for a while nice. now. So. Um, I think it just depends how much you think he's going to rein it in and how healthy he's going to be. I think it's really risky. I wasn't going to take him, but Kyle, you're up. Yeah, I'm about to talk myself into like the entire European Ryder Cup team, which is not where I want to, not where I want to be. Thomas Peters, I think, is super interesting. Yeah, uh, his skill set should fit major championships pretty well. Uh, I think it. Uh, 
I think I'm going to go with uh, with Terrell Hatton. Yeah, he he's been so this year T11, T13 at a couple majors. He has he doesn't have the best major record, but and he's been really he's been real a really consistently good player for a long time. So it's it's not Hideki levels in terms of I know what I'm getting, but it's I think it's like the the J like the lesser version of that. I like the pick. He was close on the big board for me. He was in the mix for the next guy. Joseph, you've got two to finish it off. Yeah, I'd so interested in what people would like who's on people's list at the top right now because I feel like there's so many different directions to go. I think Adam Scott. Yeah. Uh, he's even I, I think he was flirting with Liv a little bit and had has made comments like at this point the only thing that matters to him are major championships. Should be well prepared for those. Great ball striker. Hits it long. I think if he gets his form together a little bit and his putting stays kind of improved, then I actually think he could make a run at one of these majors and I just need him to get hot once. So I'll take Adam Scott. The other name, maybe I just don't have enough insight into his current status, but if he was healthy, he'd be gone by now for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take Daniel Berger. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's I, I don't, what, I don't know exactly what his deal is. He hasn't played in a while, but if he's healthy, then he's yeah. a no brainer at this, at this spot. So a little bit of information that I'm, I'm missing there, but compared to some of the alternatives, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable taking that. So I'll take Berger. When's yeah, the last time we've seen it? Like what missed the pulled out of the open. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Scott, Joseph, uh, finished fifth at the PGA championship at Oak Hill and fifth at Royal Liverpool in 2014. He's the only guy to finish top five at both those major venues. Now I mentioned Oak Hill is a much different course, but he finished top five at both those major venues for what it's worth. Hope he does it again. (laughs) Yeah. Burger was on my short list. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of I'm gonna go rogue here. I'm gonna go with a thick boy. I'm gonna go Bryson with my last pick. <laughs> I don't know. He by 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 April, he might just be like YouTubing with Jake Paul. Uh he might be he might be boxing with Jake Paul. I don't I don't know what I don't know if he knows what we're getting in 2023, but the vol I like the volatility with the last pick. It could be I mean, he honestly, like he should have won back-to-back U.S. Opens. He he won Wingfoot. He he shot a 44 on the back nine at Torrey, which was absurd. <laughs> he, should, he could have won that U.S. Open. And now all of a sudden, he's just like so irrelevant. And it's not, he can't, I mean, I know he had the injuries. He can't be that different of a golfer than he was, you know, 15 months ago. So... I don't know if he might not start any of the majors, but I like him with the eighth pick. I think Oak Hill's your spot. Kid just, Jay. Yeah. Just wing foot redux, just hit it past everybody and chop it out. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah I think Augusta and LACC are not going to be kind to Bryson. Yeah. yeah Oak, Hill, Oak Hill, though, he could. I mean, they, they've got like a ton of bunkers at like, 310 to 320 yards and he's going to be one of those guys that can just go right over them so bryson's had a really weird kind of major career it's either top five or outside the top third like he doesn't he doesn't finish he's he's like the the opposite of hideki he either wins or finishes like t60 you know he doesn't finish t12 a lot he doesn't finish t17 a lot so 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll win Oak Hill. Maybe he'll play well at uh, Augusta finally, but we'll see. I like him with the last pick. All right. So for my last pick, a couple options here that I was thinking about. There's two live guys that I don't think I'm going to take because I think I'm probably good on, uh, you know, Brooks and DJ as my rosters incurring enough risk. Where do you guys net out these days on Patrick Reed and Louis Eustazen? You think those guys are cooked? Louis has finished top three in three of his last seven majors. Yeah, but none of them were in 2022, right? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Reed is, he's a little Cam Smithy for me of the short game is outrageous but driver is pretty bad at times so maybe maybe like joseph was saying maybe these courses in 2023 at at the major set up well for him i i don't know that he's necessarily one of those guys that will be affected by the lack of competitiveness on live he seems pretty like sociopathic when it comes to competitiveness and practice and all that stuff anyway uh so I don't know. I, I would be more in on Reed than than Ustazen. Wreck. I'm gonna abstain from this conversation because I have to pick next. <laughs> 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 I, I I don't think I'm um like Reed does not move the needle at all for me. Yeah. Like, just does not. And Louie, I I think there's I think there's better options, but I don't want to tell you that because I'd prefer you take one of those guys. <laughs> Much higher on Reed the New Season for what's much higher than Reed the New Season. I'm going to take neither of them. I'm going to take Bobby Mack. Yeah, he's played in ten majors. He's never missed a cut. He's got four top twenty fives, two top tens. Both of them came at the Open. He's been sneaky okay at the Masters too. I think it's a good flyer spot with my last pick to take Bobby Mack in a Ryder Cup year. He's been. Really good. I mean, he's never missed a cut at a major so far, and he seems like the type of player that raises his baseline at at these types of tournaments, all by in a limited sample size. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Bobby Mack as my final pick. It was either him or Corey Connors, and I'm rolling with Bobby Mack. All right. Um, so this is the last pick of the draft, right? Last pick of the draft. Okay. So Connors Connors is on the short list. Uh, I I don't have a live guy yet, so I could go like Gooch here in this spot. And add uh, is he answer, answers available? Well, I mean Gooch. Yeah, Gooch is. I mean his OWGR is thirty eighth. Now I don't so know what he'll, it's going to be. He'll slide. So he, so he might be Masters and U.S. Open or something. What's Mito's deal? Uh, who can say? See, that's why I'm kind of like, so, so really where I net out on all of this is again, I'm just going to convince myself that past major championship history doesn't matter, even if you have a lot of it and it's not very good, but I think more highly of Billy Horschel than a lot of people do. He's ranked 16th in the world. He's going to be in everything. I'm going to pray he finds a top 10 somewhere. I'll take Billy Horschel (laughs) on my team. He's not been good at majors. No, he hasn't. He's been. He's got like one top ten in forty starts or something. And he was. Got, yeah. He was Marion in twenty thirteen. Yeah, but hey, you know he he whole, he wins somewhere once a year. What, should would I should I take in him or Corey Connors? I probably would take Connors over Horschel. It's close because Connor Connors Connors has a, he's been he, awesome at Augusta. It, right. That that's the thing. And, that's probably and what I should have done. Billy seems like completely allergic to 
the open. He just it doesn't seem to mix with him at all. Connors at Augusta is interesting. All right, well, maybe the one name. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say the one name that maybe I I would at least consider in this last round that I I almost took, and I'm kind of surprised no one did. Ricky Fowler's kind of interesting. I thought about it. I thought about it too. I know, I know. Like you, you, if you. If you do believe that there's going to be a little bit of a bump this year, it doesn't have to be that big. He's, he's actually playing okay. kind of think that's a sneaky pick. So I'm a little upset with myself for not considering him more strongly. So I'm going to read you the uh, – the we took 32 guys, right? Eight, four teams of eight. So I'm going to read Correct. you the guys in the data golf current top 32 that were not taken. Okay. It's Connors, Keegan, Hoagie, Paul Casey, and – Taylor Montgomery and Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon's 32nd. So I, I, you know, do you want any of those guys at majors? Maybe Connors, maybe Keegan, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you want any of the others. We didn't, we did an okay job. Yeah. Do you guys have any honorable mentions that you were considering that you think would be sneaky if this was like a 10 round draft? I have a couple guys that I was close on Rick. You want to, you want to start Ricky Fowler was like, I was staring at the major championship stuff. I was, you know, seeing what we've seen to start this season. And I was, he would not have gotten through another round, at least for me. And probably Joseph would have ended up there at at some point as well. I, I love these guys. Like I love like the Tom Hoagies of the world, but could you imagine like watching him putt at a U.S. open or something? Like I would just, I would lose years (laughs) off my life. So I think Ricky, I think Ricky was the one that I, would not have let go another round. Yeah. Kyle, think, anyone for you? Yeah. My, mine were, were, uh, were Thomas Peters and, uh, probably Abraham answer P- Peters. I just, I've, I've sort of fallen in love with his game and it hasn't translated as much as maybe you think it would at, at major championships. He had that T four Augusta in 2017 or 18, but, uh, I, it always seems like he should be like a top 15 player in the world. And then answers had good success at, at majors in the past. So those were the two guys that, uh, that if we were, if we were 10, I probably would have taken Joseph pretty much same. I, I think I'd Keith Mitchell, like kind of somebody that to potentially look out for uh, in general, like guys who really, really accurate and like are missing a part of their game, like chipping. I was going to be out on. So like Connors, I, I was like less high on um, Horschel, frankly, like I'm, I'm less high on for that reason. So I want to take some gambles with guys like Cam Davis who have those parts and hope that they hit the ball. Okay. That so they hit the ball. Okay. That week. So uh, no real names for me. Justin Rose. I'll always hold out a little bit of hope for to make some kind of return. I was going to mention him, but yeah, He's got to qualify, and that's also it's an uphill battle for him at this point. Joseph, how do you how do you reconcile that what you just said with wanting to take Hovland so early because he's got an obvious hole in his game? Does it is it just that the ball striking makes up for it? I didn't take. I, I was not as high on Hovland as I think oh, everybody I you, else here was. I thought you were saying when I took him that you wanted him. I think was that, you, that. Gotcha. I was. De- okay. I wanted Hovland. Yeah. Do you guys think Sahith has like star potential? The, the silence says although although no one wants to make a make a Sahith uh, take. I, I like him. I think he's very compelling and likable. I don't know that his skill set 
screams like like with like with Hovland, you know, early on, you're like, okay, you can see a path to him being a contender at major championships. With Sahith, like, yeah, he might contend in a couple of majors over the course of his career. I, I don't know that he's ever barring a Sam Burns like improvement, which is so rare. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a, a superstar. Do I think he has superstar potential? Yes, definitely. Like, but all of these guys who are like 20, like the, I think you have to take a stand somewhere and I, I don't want to come across negatively to say, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but some of the other names, like I'll take Cam Davis his next 12 to 18 months. Well over say, uh, say the Would you take Joseph? Would you take Montgomery Sahith or Taylor Pendrith? next 12 uh, months that would be an interesting one i'd probably want to yeah. i'd probably want to look through some stuff before i came back to you with an answer on that but probably montgomery kyle uh well if if you ignore the president's cup i'd probably take uh taylor pendrith i think he hits the ball the best out of those guys yeah wreck yeah that's fair it's it's probably i wish we had more da- like the breakdown from montgomery because what it looks like right now is he's fairly reliant on the putter but that it's might the not, best putter in the it just world. might not be yeah. true though right like it's just <laughs> we only have like four starts so i think it's probably pendrith by a hair but like i'm i love montgomery and everything about it. like i just I, I can't get enough of this guy yeah i think i'm a little higher on Sahith than you guys um all right let's recap so rick mm-hmm. rick's team of eight is rory mcelroy colin morikawa will zalatoris sam burns max homa Tom Kim, Aaron Wise, Billy Horschel. Pretty solid team. My team, John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Dustin Johnson, Cam Young, Sung J.M., Shane Lowry, Brooks Kepka, Robert McIntyre, Kyle, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, Tommy Fleetwood, Tyrrell Hatton, and Bryson. And Joseph has Xander Shoffley, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, uh, Tony Finau, Joaquin Neiman, Cam Davis, Adam Scott, and Daniel Berger. How do you guys feel about your teams? Uh, well, I have some real psychos. I didn't realize like what what I was doing there, but there's uh, my team has the highest chance of getting ejected uh, <laughs> from from any competition. I've got Spieth, Bryson, and Terrell Hatton, all just screamers at at uh, at these majors. So that that's that's worrisome for team chemistry for me. Can we throw in like a hundred grand if they get if they withdraw with a non injury or get disqualified? <laughs> like that goes towards their earnings. That's awesome. Uh, my first, I like my first five. I think Joseph is probably the favorite in this right now. We have to read. You think so? Teams. Yeah, Interesting. I thought Cam Davis is like the most well, surprising pick of the draft well, in my opinion. I, I'm I'm quite fancy on Cam Davis as well, but the the wild card is Daniel Berger. If Berger's the if Berger is healthy and like the 18th ranked player in the world again or whatever, like that's going to be a problem out of the last rounds for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I really say- I really like your pick of JT Kyle. I think this is going to be win wins driven largely. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to come down to like some of our top picks picking off an event or two. And I really think you're sitting nice with Justin Thomas. Obviously Rory, Rory as well. Throw, throw Andy, throw it on Twitter. Get the people to vote on him. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm going to release like a graphic with all of our teams. So people will be able to vote. Um, Sweet. I'd be curious about that. What people think. Um, yeah. All right, guys, 
I know Kyle's got to get out of here before we head out. Rick, what do you got going on this week? Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Eh, no, go to rickrungood.com. Follow <laughs> me on Twitter at rickrungood. That's all. <laughs> Kyle, when's, uh, when's normal sport two coming out? Normal sport two first week in December. We're actually, I think we're going to print a physical copy this year, oh. which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually just announced the lineup of writers and editors. Brendan Porath is editing or helping edit. Um, Joel Beal, Claire Rogers, myself, and then um, Jason Page and uh, Barry Watt, who's uh, at Sakumba on Twitter. If you follow him, he's he's helping kind of illustrate it. So really excited. It's it's been fun working with all those those people, and uh, yeah, pumped to pumped to drop it again this year. Awesome, Joseph. Anything you got to plug before we get out of here? You can read my Substack, findingtheedge.substack.com. Follow me on Twitter. That's all I got. The Substack, fantastic. It's, it's awesome. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. That was a blast. I will be tracking this as the year goes on and um, talk soon, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Nice to meet you guys. All right, that is it for the podcast. Want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving if you are in the States and celebrating. And we will be back next week with another episode near and dear to my heart, a definitive guide and deep dive to what I believe to be the greatest place on earth, Banda Dunes. So until then, best of luck with your bets this week. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where a mobile steel rims crack And the dead shit the back road stop Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.